2: I hate to ask you to do anything, but if you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to like, subscribe, rate, review, all of the above on whatever app you're getting it from. My guest today is actor, producer, and Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, Jonathan Lipnicki. He also co-hosts a new podcast on Action Park Media called The Comeback Kids. Today, we talk about dealing with anxiety, lifestyle changes, and all things health. You can find him on Instagram at Jonathan Lipnicki. Jonathan Lipnicki, welcome to the American Glutton Podcast. Thank you for having me, Ethan. Thanks for coming. Um I wanna hear I wanna hear just generally about what you eat, but before that, I wanna talk about Brazilian Jiu Jitsu because I know you're you're a practitioner.
3: Yes. Um it's been about a year. Um, okay. a little over a year I got my black belt uh yeah, and it's been. I thought you
2: were going to say I've been doing it for about a year, and I know you have your black belt. And I was like, if no, "No, no, this motherfucker a little, got his no, black belt no, no, in a no, year. No, no. what no, no. fucking weird school no, 14, is he going to? Fourteen years. Yeah, 14 okay, good.
3: But... A little over a year ago. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's it's amazing, man. It's been it's been a journey. You said you had tried it before. I think you talked
2: about on I. I used to go to a class with Eddie Bravo. It was all no-gi, but yeah. it was jiu-jitsu. It was it was all, you know, Brazilian mm-hmm. jiu-jitsu. Um and I did that for a while. Yeah, I liked it. I had a I had a good time. You know, I prefer
3: no-gi. Yeah. I do. Um I mean, I've had to kind of force myself to fall in love with the gi because that's how you get promoted, that's how you go forward. And I do I do enjoy it. But there's something about no-gi that I think really shows jiu-jitsu because nobody can stall nobody can hold on it really shows you know when someone's a really athletic grappler
2: yeah yeah i i i enjoyed bjj i enjoyed muay thai i enjoyed boxing wrestling I, i've enjoyed all that stuff really i'm i've just been or i was at the time looking for something that was active mm-hmm. that i enjoyed doing and to kind of increase my You know, to decrease my sedentariness Mm -hmm. because like left to my own devices, you know, I could go watch movies all day long and be perfectly fine doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I'm not moving a lot. And so, you know, I I do think there's something to um, finding something you like and having that as your pursuit because... And like right now I like lifting weights and yeah. I have like I've, I've really enjoyed doing that for a number of years now and it's not a huge time commitment. I'm not destroyed it for the rest of the day. Once I do, I actually have more energy. These are all my criteria. Um, but I like was pursuing these things. And so I always, I always am curious how you came to it and like, was it something you always wanted to do? How did it? Uh, attach itself to you, you know?
3: This is actually a little uh, – an interesting story. Um, so I grew up in Westlake Village, California, and when I was, I want to say five, um, I started at like a local karate studio, and uh, I saw my mom really dug it, and so I, I tried to convince my mom to try karate, and she did. And because um, she, you know, never been an athlete growing up, but she didn't want to be a bad example for me. So she's like, I'm going to try it and show him that, like, it's good to try new things. She ended up falling in love with it. And then one day, our studio closed, our karate studio. But there was um one of the students who was one of the better students there. He he asked if um he could train us. And he was like, I'm doing this thing called NHB, No Holds Barred. I'm doing a little bit of this thing called Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, doing some striking. And he, uh, his name was Amir Ranavardi, and he actually fought in Pride. And he was was two streets down from me, and uh, he started me on that. And my mom got more, I'd say, into jiu-jitsu than I did initially. And then, um, you know, she was kind of my rock for it. She convinced me that, you know, if if I do that, my life would be better. And and she's been so right. It's helped me. I developed anxiety early on, um, you know, shortly after I started training. And it's been a constant thing for me that's really helped me. Yeah, but um, yeah, Ron Navardi, um, my neighbor who fought, you know, in MMA and HB then, and he showed me a lot of different things, and then I I, I enjoyed it. I trained for a number of years with him, and uh, then took years off and did normal childhood sports. Also, was you know acting and going to public school, and then um, when I was seventeen, uh, I was going into my yeah seventeen. I was going into my senior year of high school. I was playing water polo at Agora High uh Agora High School and it was it was great. But um some of my friends started doing jujitsu and I grappled around with them and they beat me and it made me really, really mad. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I was like, I'm supposed to be able to beat up these dudes, you know, these nerds. So then I tried a class and I just after that it was just I I fell in love with it more than, you know, before. And right. I decided to hold off on water polo and just for the rest of my high school, you know, um, career focus on jujitsu. Wow. And so that was, yeah. So, cause I took the first class, I think I was still 15 or maybe had just turned 16. And then when I was 17, I was like, I, I gotta do this. This makes me happy. Yeah. And then it's just been there for me since, you know, I'm 30 years old now and, uh, got my black belt and it was, uh, it was really emotional. I think it was, uh, honestly, I feel my biggest accomplishment in my life.
2: Yeah, dude. That's a huge yeah. deal. Um, you know, also because like, and, and I'm not crapping on karate. karate I like, I think karate is cool too. But I think like time and forms is kind of the recipe to get to a black belt. And mm. and by the way, you've seen tons of little kids with black belts in karate. Yeah. But like a jiu-jitsu, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, That's a that's a really hard road that most people don't make it to.
3: Yeah, um it it is and and it's kind of stayed that way. I think that like it's in danger like any martial art that, you know, it can it could get over saturated and and the belts could mean, you know, nothing in 20 30 years. We'll see it's become so popular, but um I think that there's merit to all these different martial arts. Whatever your journey is, like yeah, karate, you know, some they have to keep kids engaged, they give them belts. But learning to You know, defend yourself or, you know, even just learning the forms is really good for them as a human being and having to present yourself in in society, you know, having to whatever, whether it's a meeting, a pitch meeting when you're an adult or I think these things are so powerful. If I had kids, I would have them in wrestling and martial arts and from an early age.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I had my little kids in a, a Gracie Baja school in what town was it? Sherman Oaks, I guess, for a long time. And they just they they didn't they didn't love it, um, and so I, I was you know it got to the point where I was like no go, get in the okay. car you're going to class and they'd be like pouting and and I just didn't want to do that and so so they don't do that anymore but but I agree I think it's I think it's an awesome I think it's an awesome sport it's an awesome martial art and, and anything you know I think a lot of the times and, and obviously. For the most part, on this show, I'm talking about health and, mm-hmm. and and uh, you know, I think more broadly the achievement of goals and all like that. And I think that it's, um, there is sometimes the idea like you wake up one day and, and, and you kind of are looking at yourself from a new point of view where mm-hmm. you're like, holy moly, I, I got to do something about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the kind of, um, instincts could be, well, I'm just going to start exercising like Mm -hmm. crazy or, or, uh, along with Mm -hmm. diet, I'm going to throw in exercise and I'm not saying that's bad, Mm -hmm. but I do know that with extremists like myself who can go so Mm -hmm. huge swings in either direction that if you're doing something that is, um, takes a huge amount of motivation to get you to do it every day and it's not something you're enjoying Mm -hmm. at all it's kind of hard to envision keeping that up for a long period of time you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. finding something that you actually enjoy doing even if it's like taking a walk with a friend you know like um People who love golf are mm. outside walking around. Mm. That's more than like what I would be doing if I didn't and I don't play golf. I'm just saying as mm-hmm. an example because it seems like maybe the least strenuous sport you can do, right? You're yeah. walking I mean along. it's hard.
0: It's
3: tricky, man. I get sure. frustrated golfing. No, I'm but, not. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but it's – yeah. But I mean it's – you're outdoors. I mean I remember when I tried golf as a kid for the first time. I loved that aspect of it, being outdoors, walking around, you know, just, just being present. I think it's a great exercise in being present. Yeah. You know, um, with jujitsu, I am a person who never wanted to be a jack of all trades. Right. I don't know what it is about me or my personality, but I want to be good at a few things. Like I didn't even start striking or doing Muay Thai till I had my purple belt in jujitsu. Right. You know, um, I told myself, you know, I got to get like decent at this. And I don't know why that is or how that drives me, but I'm very stubborn in that pursuit. And I'm very fixated on that. I'm like, okay, I want to be, like, really good at three things instead of, like, know a, a ton of things. And, like, yeah, of course I'm gonna, I'm curious. I'm going to look at other things and I'm going to learn a ton about other things, you know, that, are, that I'm researching or whatever late at night, YouTube wormhole. But the things I'm the most curious about are the, are only a few things and they're the things that I want to get really, really good at.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's that makes a lot of sense. And you enjoy the pursuit of getting mm-hmm. good at those things, right? I love it. You
3: know, I mean, it's it's one of those things where when I was younger and I was struggling really bad with anxiety and and still it's it's a thing, you know, and I don't think it's something that ever goes away completely. Um, You know, I needed things to focus on. And so I noticed the only times I wasn't having anxiety is when I was either acting or playing basketball. So I threw myself into basketball for a number of years. Then I threw myself into water polo. Then I threw myself into jujitsu. And, you know, uh, I also think I'm really glad I found jujitsu, uh, specifically is because I was at a really, you know, uh, formative part of my life being a teenager. And I was around some really amazing adults, yeah, some amazing men and women who I wouldn't be me if I hadn't met them and trained with them.
2: Yeah. Can we talk about anxiety? Yeah. How
3: does it, how, how did it present? Um, you know, I can, I can detail it down to like two scenarios um and first one i think i was 5 and then it was 8 um but basically in these scenarios i don't really want to talk about what they are sure but um i started having really irrational fears and so one day when i thought that it was all over for me because um i was scared it was so irrational i i was scared of chemicals mm mm-hmm. I was scared of like if I sprayed some sunscreen and I got a sunscreen and I got like a taste of it, I would be poisoned and die. Like it was like it was insane. And I'd break out in eczema. So I'm getting like anxious uh, talking about it. Um, but it presented itself in just that happened one day. And I said, like, is this bad You know, for me to I think one of my parents? And they said, like, you don't want to swallow it. And I was like, I don't want to swallow it. And I, I went inward. And I think that like I would have been an anxious person anyway because I think people are so quick to throw it on the acting thing. Yeah. Well, you're an actor and you're sensitive and and you're uh you know you're a former child star. You know. No, I think like my parents are super anxious. I was gonna be anxious. Right. Like I was just gonna be an anxious dude. Yeah. And it's something you know it goes in peaks and valleys like lately. Honestly, I'm anxious right now. I've been anxious this week. Right. Uh, you know, and it, it just happens. It, it It's it's a journey, and it's not something that gets completely wiped out. And It's something you just, I think, deal with. But it presented s- very young and very hard. Yeah. So I'm balancing a lot at that point. I'm balancing school. Um, going, We're talking about five years old. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, well, I'm saying it started five. When it but, but, really but, right. crystallized, I would say. So the first incident happened at five, and – um the second incident which really stuck happened at I think eight. And then from then on it was like, okay, anxiety in the car all the way to basketball. Playing basketball, feel great. Right. Get get home, anxiety, 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 anxiety. Put in a like little meditation tape thing. Wake up, anxiety, anxiety, anxiety. You know, something happens, you know, it could be a a simple conversation and then I, I I, you know, um cultivate that conversation in my brain a million times over, you know, and just ruminate. Yeah. And so it got better, I would say, after high school. Mm-hmm. It like the, maybe the tail end of high school. But it was so bad for a while when I was probably the 8 through, I don't know, 12 range, where I was like, eczema on my hands because I was constantly doing this. And I just couldn't go through a day without feeling terrible. Yeah. You know? And it was like I was constantly trying to find things that made me feel better. Basketball was one. Martial arts, martial arts took its place later. But it... It was, you know, it's it's a lot. You're you're handling that and and I want to preface it with saying, man, I know so many people out there who have it really really bad um as well and their situations I, I wouldn't put myself in their place. It, it's really bad. But um granted being in a unique situation so I'm handling like a career, working a ton, traveling a ton, trying to keep up with my work at home cuz my parents and I think this was brilliant were really adamant about me being in public school. So I'm keeping up with the the public school work, right? And I'm also, like, doing movies, memorizing lines, meeting people, trying to be presentable, which what I mean by that is, like, as a child star, there's this weird pressure because, like, so many people have messed up. So many people have fucked up before you. Right. So from a young age, people are, like, looking at you to fuck up.
2: Like, we're waiting. We're waiting,
3: you know. And um, When's
2: the drug problem coming?
3: Yeah, exactly. So I had anxiety coupled with thinking of I can't mess up or let anyone know. I have this thing, this anxiety thing, because that wasn't really talked about that much. Yeah, You know, Um, but but yeah, so I'm handling that that pressure um, school, all that. And then the worst kind of meeting of it all happened in middle school when um, I went to a new middle school and it was it was not good. It was, uh, you know, new new schools fed in and uh, some kids didn't like me and it wasn't. It wasn't fun, much like what a lot of young people deal with today. But thank God I did not have social – there was no social media because right. it would have been a million times worse.
2: Yeah. Um, and and so I'm hearing that the the the, the best solution that mm. wasn't even maybe necessarily thought about as a yep. solution was doing something active. Exactly. To take your mind out of your mind mm-hmm. basically.
3: Yeah. I always say – to people when they ask me. And it's something I I have, you know, Comeback Kids, I have a podcast, and I give good advice. I need to take my own advice, like, all the time. Yeah. But I tell people to be proactive in their happiness, my friends, you know. You got to feel those feelings. You have to validate them. But after that, you validated them like you can't just keep sitting in them. You have to figure a way eventually, you know, after giving it that validation, a plan to get over it and to figure it out or to, or to use it to propel you you know i i i also say like i have a chip on my shoulder when it comes to my work when it comes to athletics but it's a healthy chip it propels me forward and it says hey you need to get up early today you need to go do this because you have things to accomplish
2: yeah yeah i'm man the, I, I i mean listen i i know i think about um, my anxiousness which is my word or the words that I use to, like, take the place of the word anxiety. Mm. Um, certainly in in many respects that I've talked about, but um, there was a non-dualist I was reading, and I'm blanking on his name right now, but he, he had this, he talked about um, chop wood, carry water. Mm. And he's like, just do that. Just chop wood, carry water. Like, just do the mundane things but I and, and, and I get really wound up in ideas of mon- modernity where I go, like, we've created such opulence where none of us need to chop wood mm-hmm. and carry water. Obviously, there are parts mm-hmm. of the planet where that's what they're doing to survive. But you and I don't have to do that to survive. Most Americans don't have to do that to survive. There's probably somebody in Maine right now who's freezing their ass off who's going, you asshole, <laughs> I have to do that <laughs> yeah, every day yeah, to survive and i get it some people do and but i just i i i wonder i think in terms of like autoimmune disease too like um there's no autoimmune disease in third world countries yeah. because their immune systems are still battling the parasites that we've gotten rid of or yeah. whatever mechanism has turned you know very wealthy uh countries immune systems on themselves There's got to be something mental to where, like, we don't have to do as Mm. much as we used to. And so we now have these hyperactive minds that can focus in on something and drive us a little crazy. Yeah. Um, And then the minute you kind of dive headfirst into action, it goes away. Yeah. It's kind of a wild, like, brain puzzle. It is,
3: and it can be as simple as doing the laundry, you know, uh, really focusing on it, doing you know doing smaller things and it's it's hard because I bet you there are people even listening right now who are like, yeah, like I get stuck in it and it's so hard. but it's like a few things doing stuff. I also found um meditation apps, just yeah. listening to some good music and sitting down and, and breathing it in. I heard something really good lately it was uh, recently um, when I was listening to the book, um, the Big Leap. Mm -hmm. And they said something about like, you need to give, I'm going to mess this up, but you need to give anxiety. People take the breath away from anxiety. They take the breath away from their worries. They go, I'm not going to put it out there. I'm not going to like, you know, but really what you need to do is take a huge, deep breath. You need to give it that air. You know, you need to give it its place so that you can move on. And people are so busy trying not to be nervous, trying, you know, not to be anxious that they're actually, you know, shooting themselves in the foot.
2: Yeah, because I think part of the, the problem is our struggle to pull away from whatever we're mm. feeling that's uncomfortable, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean just embracing that resistance. Yeah. And, and for me, it's like I, uh, I read another book, uh, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. And he talks about – he classifies it as all resistance. And when I started classifying a lot of things as resistance in my life – it gives it a name. You know what it is, and you know what it's capable of. And for some reason, that's helped a bunch. Just knowing that, right? Just knowing, okay, that's like resistance. Because like I came in actually nervous to this interview. I'm a big fan of you, and I was like, you know, we've what, em- talked yeah, before. I know, but I'm still nervous. It's okay. your podcast, fair your podcast. And so I was like, you know what? Embrace it because like this is a good time to be present and have a conversation with someone you look up to, someone who's quite intelligent. And like, um, you know, I it, it's about embracing it, and not trying to push it away. Yeah. I do that with auditions. I do that with any of my nerves now is I just go okay, I'm going to breathe it in and actually give it the air it needs.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that that probably is a a lot of um you know, I spent a long time many decades where I was truly incapable of actually viewing aspects of myself because they were so painful Mm -hmm. to look at so i was just avoiding them and if it was not thinking about the future or you know constructing some storyline in my head that allowed me to exist without having to confront certain aspects of myself this was the way i did it but i think in a similar way because i have felt anxiety um and you know The minute I wake up and I go like, oh, my God, I can see myself from a different angle than I was Mm -hmm. through whatever constructed storyline I had woven Mm -hmm. for myself. And I'm now seeing a guy who can't breathe, can't lay flat, you know, um, constantly sweating all the things that I had going on that I was like ignoring, Mm -hmm. diving into it then you I almost slingshot in the other direction with I need this to be done now I need it over now so how do I end this entirely in this moment I want to just sum it up and be done and that's also impossible so I but I think it's a it's all a a reaction to get away from something Mm -hmm. and so I really like that what you said about like breathing it in rather than you know it's also kind of like an instinct to like when you're scared exactly, to hold your yeah, breath yeah. you know you get real tight that's an interesting way to think about it breathe it in don't go anywhere we'll be right back
3: did you use any tactics like breath work yourself for what kind of what how did you dive into what you were? you know, that part of your
2: life, dude, it just, it took me a long time. And it, I, I can't say there was, a a single thing. It was just like trial and, and, a, a lot of failure where, um, where I go extreme in a direction until it crumbles. And then I, I tr- find something new to go extreme in a direction and it crumbles. And like, a few years ago, I just went like, I kind of am, and and I was even to the point where I was perfectly okay with the idea that my life was gonna be a series of extreme weight loss. and by extreme, I mean like a hundred plus pounds, followed by extreme weight gain. and I and I had it down to where I was like, if if the weight gain, if I can string it so the weight gain takes longer, then the weight loss, that's a win. You know what I mean? I'm successful. Like six months to take the weight off, one year to put it back on. Mm-hmm. And then I I was just like, this is insane. This can't be right. And so I just started practicing moderation and trying to actually cobble together a life that that wouldn't be that path. That was like, you know, I always think of... um uh, people in terms of, like, normal people. You know, I'm a sober guy, and mm-hmm. so I think of normies who can, like, have a beer that's mm-hmm. a normal person. It's a terrible thing. It's a terrible thing to label somebody normal, you know? It's, like, <laughs> yeah. awful, because you're yeah. not... You're, like, that guy has no mental garbage that I have, you know? This is... I think it's, like, a borderline evil thing to pin mm-hmm. on somebody. Oh, yeah. But I do it all the time, you know? Uh, if you can drink a beer, you're a normal person. Mm-hmm. If you can... um you know, have a cheeseburger and it's not going to ruin your life. You're a normal person. It's just so stupid. Um, This is the construct that I was living through. Uh, So like trying to assume how do normal people live and I'm just going to try to create some of those habits. And strangely, over time, I was able to create some of those habits and go like, this is nothing like anybody else, but this is good for me. That's crazy because I always think like looking like grass is –
3: Almost grass is greener on the other side. That's been bad for me because I I, I can't look at it and be like, well, normal, you know, because who knows? Some people don't tell you. Right. You know, so – but that's amazing that you could take the good from that because I feel like people usually take the opposite from kind of looking at other people and they go, they have it so much better. And, you know, but it's amazing that you could take that and cobble together something that actually really helped you.
2: Yeah. I mean, I but that's what I did for a long time. It was – it was – Normal people have it better. If I could just be normal, I'd be okay. How do I become normal? You know, it's so stupid because it's not true. I don't think there's a a normal person,
3: right? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a lesson that I'm still learning, that I've been trying to learn through my 20s is like, you know, like there is no normal. People go through a lot of different things. Some people, you know, like they may not go through anxiety, but they have something else going on. Right. And the more I've been able to do that, the more I become, I think, a better person. Person and a better friend, because my first instinct isn't to be like, or you know, judge anything that someone's going through. Because to them, it might be the world. To you, you might look at it and go, "That's really stupid. Why can't you just stop worrying, dude?" Right. And like <laughs> right. when people say that to you, and you're like, I, "You've just don't made it ten times worse." Don't say that. Yeah. You know, don't say that to an anxious person. And I actually like meeting. People who tell me they have anxiety, weird reason, I think they're more empathetic people because they know. They know what it's like <laughs> to struggle, you know? Yeah. And it's 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 crazy. I mean we all have, have different struggles. I've just tried so hard the last five years in general to really grow as a person and, you know, I, I, I can get bitter and I can get angry, especially when it's related to stuff I can't control like my career and letting go. And it's, it's so hard, and people are always going to tell you that, and you're always going to have it underlined in every book you read on helping yourself. Let it go, let it go, let it go. And it is hard, and it's way easier said than done, but you you have to find little ways, little I feel like little benchmarks of letting go, where I realize, okay, these things don't frustrate me anymore. They used to, and I'll write it down. Now I've been writing it down. I've been writing down how I feel and why, like, okay, like, I did the right thing in this situation, to, to help my overall anxiety and like, okay, I'm growing inch by inch, I'm growing and I'm able to let
2: more go. Yeah, yeah, I relate to this so much. I think the human mind is so fascinating because I can read something, lifestyle change, like mm-hmm. that was something repeated ad nauseum yeah. in diet books, lifestyle change, right? And it's like lifestyle change and then followed by this really crazy diet that if you were to implement for life, you starve to death and die. Mm-hmm. But this is what they're advocating. Lifestyle change and 500 calories a day. One size fits all. This is what you eat, you know.
3: Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss.
2: And so I would read Lifestyle Change, and and it would always irk me because Mm -hmm. I would be going like, a diet is a change to my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. This is not how I normally live this is a change and whatever it is, whether my understanding of the word lifestyle or what expands and over time, but like I come to today and I see how I definitely have implemented a lifestyle change. My life today is absolutely nothing like it was even six years ago. Mm -hmm. And, I can look at that word now and go, all that is is lifestyle change. They're
3: right. Doesn't mean necessarily like sacrifice in in a bad way. No. You know, and like I I think that people lose that. I think that's what's so detrimental about a lot of these things is they regurgitate the same things. They go, okay, this works. You know, let's say lifestyle change and then you immediately think of like starving yourself. Right. Where it's like, you know, little bits – at a time you can make things better and it doesn't have to be, you know, jumping into something head first. That's why when like I talk to people who are like, hey, you know, like I want to do this or I want to do this uh, fitness wise and lose weight. And I always tell them maybe like look for something that you enjoy first. Like yeah. don't go and be like, I want to be a power lifter. <laughs> you know, like you, they set these ridiculous standards. They either get hurt. They either quit immediately or or they they you know they they mess up in some way where they end up upset and you know and i think the biggest thing you can do is find things that relate to you like i you know might not like the same training you do you might not like the same training i do but we both found things that still continue to help us grow and as long as you're you're finding something that you know you have to focus on too like i think learning learning a skill set then uh it's it's easier to get lost in that and forget that you're doing something maybe you don't love like doing in the first place getting up and you know getting totally. active
2: yeah and that, I mean that's a, I, I, I get asked a lot like tell me exactly what you're doing so I can do it and I'm like I don't know dude because like that never worked with me not once did I look at some other person and everything they did and then implement it myself and have success not once um, and so to your point like yeah if there's anything active that you can can start doing that you go like i enjoy doing this and i could see myself doing this every day or five days a week for the rest of my life that's it that's yeah. the whole game or you know if it's tennis or something and it's two or three days a week or whatever if you're if you're you know and and i'm not i'm not um being neglectful of Days where you have to push a little bit to get out of bed that still exists Um, but like if you are in the middle of some activity and you are thoroughly miserable and every bit of it is grating on you and you're just doing it to have some physical result that might not be the thing to exactly. take up. I mean, there's so many different things now. The personal trampolines
3: are becoming popular. There's so many fun, different things. And it's interesting you say that about like some days you really do have to push. I was talking to my mom about this. My mom has over uh, this time period, you know, get it, been getting in really great shape. And um, I told her she, she was bummed out cause she wasn't feeling good. I think a few days in a row. And I said, listen, like, some days you're going to go in there and you're going to be a monster. and You're like, nothing can stop me. And then some days you're going to go in there and you get 20 minutes on the, you know, doing cardio or something. But the fact that you went, you're never going to leave and go, man, I'm really mad I went to the gym or I'm really mad I worked out. Nobody ever says that after. Right. They're never like, man, I really regret that. That was a bad life <laughs> choice. Like, yeah. you know, it, it, all days aren't equal. Yeah. Some days you get up and you walk the dog and that's enough. But you have to be gentle with yourself about that. Yeah. You know, um, hard enough so that you get yourself to do something. Gentle enough to realize that all days are not going to be, you know, monster days. Yeah. And I realize that. And it's hard for – I'm a competitive person. I go to jujitsu and you know, and, and I don't do well. Like... You
2: just want to crush blue belts, <laughs> <to> be honest.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm always – I put myself in bad positions too to learn from it because I really am a student of the game. But I am competitive and I want to – you know, I want to do well, so like, and then I just have to like, I'll sit in the shower after sometimes, and I'm like, I can't believe I
0: got tapped by that <laughs>
3: guy, you know, and I'm like sitting there angry, and my girlfriend's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, nothing, 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 nothing. Yeah. Gotta let it go. Okay, you know what? I'll, I'll get him the next time, but you best believe I still remember it next time I see that person. And I'm like, right. you know, You're like we're rolling. I'm like, and then they're like, I gotta leave early. I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> right. uh, no, but uh, it's you know it. I, I, I really recommend finding something you at least like, Yeah, you know, it's hard. Cause then people, you know, also they might think other things like, like, like I have a bunch of friends who do the jump trampoline thing Yeah, and you know, someone might think that's silly, but someone else might love it, you know? And I think like the best thing we can do is also support our friends instead of be like, that's silly. You do this or you do that. Like, right. Hey man, if you're getting up and moving and, and you st- I see a smile on your face, I'm happy for you.
2: Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. The other aspect is I uh, I had a friend who was not too long ago in rehab and they got out and they were almost distraught like three days into being out. Like I'm having drug cravings and I was like, yeah, (laughs) okay, (laughs) that's fine. And they were like, no, but I I thought that was over. I went to rehab and with any of this, it's like, you do a diet that doesn't erase whatever was happening before you start exercising. That doesn't erase all your bad habits of not exercising. It's going to be tough. All of these things are going to come up. Still, whatever was happening prior to you waking up one day and going, I have to change my life. I've not met anybody who has that kind of epiphany and it follows forever that they just feel the strength to never have a second thought about it, Mm -hmm. you know? And so with exercise, I think you could probably, for me, a lot of my resistance to it came because I I was forced to do things as a kid. The minute that it became, you have to do this, or as a punishment, or I perceived it to be as a punishment, I didn't want to do it. And so then being forced on top of that I was never interested ever again and it took years of trying to cobble together some kind of interest in being active and then it took a while before I I actually felt, I don't know if they're endorphins or just a a sense of accomplishment or what, but I felt like, oh, I get it, this is fun, this isn't all horrible, it's not just negative effort, there's positive gain to be had here. And whatever it takes, you got to look for that. If it's tapping the blue belts, then, (laughs) you know, first you got to be a blue belt, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to be a blue belt to be a purple belt and a brown belt. And then you're tapping the blue belts and like showing them how to do stuff.
3: Yeah. And it's also been really rewarding, like for that, for me, another part of it that I didn't even know or suspect going up in belts and getting to show people what I learned about jujitsu and how much I love it has been really rewarding You know, sometimes I've had the opportunity to teach kids a little bit and it's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. And I I really do. That's my one. I mean, I I found it, I guess, at the right time. But my one regret is, man, if I really would have stayed from jujitsu from that young of an age, like five or six to now, I'd be an absolute monster or I wouldn't be able to walk straight either or. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I love I love everything about that type of fitness for me. You know, and I think that everybody has the capability to find something like that. Yeah. And I think, like, yeah, sometimes you're going to have to buckle up and you're not going to be, like, you know, stop being so adverse to everything and really think, what do you like doing? What makes you happy? I mean, now they even have, you know, video games where it gets you up and doing stuff. Right. You know, so I think that there is something for everybody. You really just have to – you just have to look like I'm never going to be a runner. Yeah. I – Hate running. Me too. But I have some friends that are like, "That's my time," yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I, "Your time sounds like a horrible time right it's now." Yeah. yeah, like I hate running, but like I would love like you know it, I'm in and out of getting into weights, and I like to see like oh how much I can lift, and you know when I when I get better, bigger, faster, stronger, it's something, and I see some sort of improvement, it, it means everything.
2: Yeah. um Let's talk for a minute about um because you as a black belt in your school in that rarefied status. You're the intimidating guy to people who are new. And I want to just hear about your experience because I think I think in any area there can be dicks, mm-hmm. certainly. But I've found 99% of the time, if I build up the confidence to ask somebody who's way ahead of me for help, I've never had really a bad experience doing yeah. that. I've always found people who are like, You want me to show you something? Yeah, I'd love to. Here's this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, So did you have any kind of experience with that? And and what is your point of view now on it since you're that guy?
3: I think there's going to be dicks in everything you do. Yeah. You know, whether you're playing cards, whether you're playing chess, whether you're lifting weights, there's going to be dicks. Martial arts, I have to say, I've dealt with the least amount of dicks. Yeah. Probably because everybody's like, maybe that guy could beat me up. Maybe, (laughs) you know, I could beat him up. Who knows? But dicks don't last long. Any guy who comes in who's like, yeah, you know, I haven't fought or anything, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm tough on the street. You're right. like, oh, no, that person is never saying it's always a person who's like, "Um, excuse me. They're there for 10 years. You know, um, I was lucky. And I think that every gym I've been a part of, I've been a part of two different jujitsu gyms kind of under the same family. Um, and it's about, I think, the founding members, members, I think it's about their energy, because we have had always really nice people like the first gym I was at like I I didn't really deal with that many personalities I didn't like you know there's going to be some people that are a little you know too much for you or whatever you know but everyone was really nice and the only times I've ever had anyone step to me is at 24-hour fitness right you know and that happened like three times over nothing you know being like hey can I work in sets no you're like but these guys who really could kill you don't Try to kill you. Yeah. You know, and if you come in being like, hey, I'm new, no one's hurting you. Right. You know, and be like, hey, I just want to learn. If you come in with an attitude, you know, that, that you're better than everyone or you're a tough street fighter or whatever, like, it's probably not going to go well. But, like, you know, I have to say I learned from some really good people. So, therefore, I've wanted to cultivate that with people below me and, and you know, really encourage people because I can see when they get down, if they get tapped or, like, I can see maybe they're not picking up the moves as fast and to give people slight adjustments, you know, whether mentally or physically and, and help them out and even maybe just present a different way about thinking about jujitsu. Like I was talking to a guy who was starting last night, a guy I'm friends with. Um, we just got back, you know, it just opened and he was wanted to start it. So um, he and it's smaller classes and he was like, I could tell everything was like, and I was like, dude, think about it this way, you know, memorize these positions. Work on this the next few classes. Try to maybe get one move down, but understand that positions are the most important thing and everything will come from that. You know, position over submission. And he's like, okay, okay. And then I can see it kind of like go into his body. He wasn't nervous and he tried the drills we were doing and one of them was a you know, little bit of an advanced move and he did it. Right. And he was great. And um, he was excited to come back. And I mean, I'm really overjoyed that, that we're back. That's yeah, pretty great. Man. You know, um, it's been a long time.
2: I think it's been... um. You know, and and I think to the communities that I find myself a part of, which is like people who have issues with eating and people who have issues with substances. Like I'm heavily a member of those groups, um, who's actively working daily to to uh, to 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 continue to live a life that's healthy. Right. Mm-hmm. I think I think that. People who, who, and and like, by the way, don't forget, we started this whole thing talking about anxiety and putting that effort, putting that into action. That stuff gets turned off, and it's like your major outlet for 15 years or 14 years has been going into a gym and putting your effort into submitting dudes on the floor, gals, people, on the floor, on a mat, Nope. Not allowed to do that anymore. Yeah. Uh, Sober community. Your outlet is sitting in rooms talking about sobriety with other people who are on the same path as you. Nope. Turned off. Okay, (laughs) What do we have? We have television. Everybody needs to stay home and watch TV because we're going to tell you from moment to moment the state of affairs in the world. Right. How many people are dying? Where what's on fire? All of this. And food. We're gonna make sure that Postmates is delivering food. Like these <laughs> yeah, are disaster yeah. scenarios for me.
3: Yeah, I mean i i can I can relate in my way. You know, I can relate with with the mental health aspect. It. I'm not gonna lie, it took a toll on me at certain points, and it was like, you know, um, first I was able to get like regular working out back because um, I would do Zoom sessions with um, Patrick Murphy. He's a really good trainer. Um, me and my girlfriend. And first it was that. And I was like, OK, like I feel a little weight off my shoulders. Yeah. Then it was, you know, uh, we got some more equipment and then we were able to do an out some outdoor classes in we were in New York for a while with her parents and we were able to do some outdoor classes, you know, socially distance. And I was like, OK, a little more weight off my shoulders. Yeah. And then now the day has come. And I'm so happy, you know, I mean, I am really happy and it's, it's good because that, I mean, I know I'm not alone. I know you, I know a lot of people who feel the same way. And it's, you know, it's like you, you work so hard to find these tools to deal. yeah, And then those, those, those tools are stripped and it's like, what do I do now? So like, I found other things. I started journaling more. I started writing more. I started working with a um, mental strength coach because I was like, you know what? I could. The more I started learning about my uh, subconscious, the more I realized I had a lot of bad stuff there, a lot of blocks. So I started working with a guy on that, and it's been really beautiful work. And a lot, it's been emotional, and a lot's come out of it. But I was, I'm very lucky that I've had those outlets. You know, I think about people in Manhattan, in tiny, apartments who don't have certain outlets or uh the ability to do stuff and it's it's scary yeah it's scary i
2: feel for the people in new york um although i say that and they opened way before we did so I don't feel for them that much. Yeah. Anybody who's in New York, like, don't think, you you know, yeah. I'm think feeling for you, you more it. than I'm yeah. feeling for the people in Los Angeles, because we're still, mm-hmm. you know, I know stuff's opening, but it's still some modified version exactly. of whatever. Um, it's rough. The, the thing you said about um, subconscious blocks, I find it, again, the mind is so wild, because Like, I'm really into stoicism. I'm into... I like relativism. I like postmodernism. Like, I like certain aspects of objectivism, which is strangely in conflict with relativism. But I do believe that it's all just how we react. Yeah. You know, everything is what it is, and it's how we're perceiving it and how we're reacting to it. And, like, knowing that, I go, like... Problem solved. I'm just not reacting to anything, but then you still do. Oh, you still do. Yeah. yeah I
3: mean, it's re—it's building those those blocks like you do with anything, and, and understanding. Okay, like why does this bug me so much? Yeah. I realize that with you know I've been—it's weird in some ways. I've been so able to make fun of myself a lot through life, and then there's some things that will hit me. Maybe it's the wrong day. I don't know. Someone will tweet something mean, and I'll be like, you know what? Fuck that person. I fucking hate him. And then I'm like, you know, and then even maybe two hours later, I'm like, Jonathan, good thing you didn't answer. Yeah. Or I have in the past. I've answered, you know, um, a number of years back. Now I I, I don't. But you feel so different in such a short period of time that I just was like, you know what? I I kept reading these books like uh, The Big Leap, uh, The War of Art, like all these different ones that were self-improvement books because – and I've been doing it audiobooks because LA, you drive a lot. So over the past few years, that's been like my learning time. And I realize every. Every one of these books talks about the subconscious, all these blocks. And I'm like, OK, now I, I, I understand what it is intellectually. Right. But how do I get in there and I fix it? And they're like, well, meditate. I'm like, meditate how? Right. So luckily, I, I know a guy who does this mental strength training. And I was like, you know, very fortunate to know this guy. And he's been guiding me through it. And I'm like, OK, like I just need a, 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 a book, you know, yeah. I'm blocking for dummies. I don't know. But I needed to figure out how to do it. I understood what it was. I'm like, okay, great. I'm, st- I'm at this step. Then yeah. I read another book and they'd be like, you need to do this. And I'm like, great, I'm at this step. And then, you know, luckily I saw this guy post about, um, you know, the work he does. And I was like, you know, I knew the guy on a social level. And I was like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive into this. Yeah. And it's been really rewarding. And, it you know, it's painful. It takes time because it is painful to make the same mistake over and over, get mad about the same things. It's maddening. Yeah. You know, and you feel stupid. You feel like, why... Why am I getting mad about something over and over that I'm just going to forget in 20 minutes or you know two hours or whatever where I'm not even going to feel like it's remotely the same thing? Why do I keep making that mistake, though, if I can understand it later? Right. And that has been a battle definitely to
2: work through. Yeah. yeah there are huge hurdles mm-hmm. because I think it is certainly – there are two different things to intellectually understand something or have some belief or place some value in something. And then it's a different thing entirely to exist that way you know um Marcus Aurelius was pretty pretty smart dude and all of his writing seems to be um leading us to certain conclusions about him and yet he still had a guy who had to whisper in his ear you are not a god like mm-hmm. that happened yeah. you know what i mean like that was necessary don't get too full of yourself dude you're not a god that's a big thing to yeah. realize that this guy who's you know, and I think that this is like um, all part of like the imperfections of man, where we can know stuff and still have trouble existing in that reality. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's 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 one thing to to come to a conclusion; it's another thing to put it into action. Yeah, you know, but I think action is important. Yeah, that, that's the whole game. And I think with speaking of imperfection it's it's we're living
3: in a time and it's I think this also gives me anxiety where like when I see someone being built up I'm like oh no because there's you know people love the downfall so much and I felt like it's maybe I'm crazy but I feel like it's gotten way more intense over my life people loving that downfall of of course you paparazzi have been around for a while and, and and you know stuff like that but I feel people are more than ever invested in people's downfalls, and that makes me sad because we're all human beings. Yeah. And that's why I avoid it so hard when people are like, what did you do to get through the child star thing? Right. And I'm like, I I don't want to answer this because, first of all, there are a lot of lovely people who had some things and got sidetracked. And I'm not perfect. Like, I don't want them because it's either you're a train wreck or you're like a role model. I'm not either. Yeah. i'm a dude yeah i'm a dude who you know makes mistakes made a lot of mistakes when i was younger and and, and just trying to be a better person but it's like we shouldn't we shouldn't be so invested in that yeah. and it just hurts to see it every day i i really i've been trying to just spend less time on my phone but it's just
2: it's the wrong type of investment we
3: need to make in other people we should be invested in in the good things they do
2: yeah this is a I know, I know it existed before, but I think this has become very acute with social media. Um, and surprisingly, I find like people on Instagram to be a much more decent crop of people. I agree with you. I, I, this I is, agree with you. Yeah. Twitter's
3: scary. <laughs> I don't spend much time there. Me neither. It's, it's a actually scary. Place. scary. Yeah. yeah it's, I agree with you. Yeah. Instagram, because you can also curate it, I feel like. So I see like puppies, my friends doing martial arts, my friends doing well. You know, and, like, that's it. Yeah. Some family. Yeah. And, like, so I'm good. You know, maybe some funny memes, but very – I keep it very lighthearted. Yeah. When I want to do my serious research on what's happening in the world, I separate that. Yeah. You know, it's easy to get manipulated, too, by those things. But it's – Instagram is just
2: a more, more, more nice people, way more nice people. Dude, yeah, uh, what's happening on Twitter? It's so – it's all fire yeah. and brimstone. Every time I look on there, it's just – mostly bad negative energy stuff it's very weird i think um i was talking to a guy about this yesterday i think what happens is like there's a somebody gets annihilated and then people are just like you know what no more of this like you got santa claus you can't have him We're not (laughs) giving him up and then it's over and then it's a game over. And and then it's just like, there is no such thing as perfection here. We're all flawed, you know? And And,
3: yeah. And we hate the, sorry to interrupt. No, please. But we hate the things most. And this is another thing that I've been, you know, learning and dealing with is like, yeah, you might find something that you hate about someone else, but you got to look at yourself because that's probably what you hate about them. You have some, you have some of that. Yeah. And I think people get so amped on it because they know maybe if they were in that spot, they would secretly be doing the same thing. Like, you know, right. or something like that. I think that people are so worried about if they're perfect, maybe is a better answer that they have to tear down others. Be like, see, but I'm I'm okay. Yeah. Because this person does they're they're you know, it's either here or here. Right. Or they're a great person or you're not. Yeah, and I not like that in real
2: life. There was something about um Obama where I was like this might be the bridge too far when you come for Obama who wrote like that, he was interested in some French philosophers in college, but mostly because he thought it would be attractive to girls. Like Mm -hmm. he said that in his book, some, something to that effect. And a bunch of people were like, that is manipulative. We're going to come for you. You know, this is not okay. And I just go at the end of the day, dude, If you want to factor in some percentage of me wanting to be an actor because I thought it would make me more attractive to women, that's for sure going to be there. There's no way around it. Um, I knew I'll speak about him because he's, he's passed away. But a producer named Jim Jacks, dude produced some of the greatest movies ever. He was not an attractive guy. Super sweet, nice guy but if you wanted to say that he couldn't have the idea of being a successful pro- and he wasn't like Harvey Weinsteining mm-hmm. chicks and raping them to get movie parts it wasn't that but for sure part of the idea of him being a successful producer was that he thought he would be more attractive mm-hmm. to women i don't see that that's so wrong you know like if if Part of me wanting to have abs is so that I'm more (laughs) attractive to my wife. Like this is a natural thing. I think, I think it's
3: approval at the end of the day. And I think like it depends on how it's carried out a hundred percent. And I think like, you know what? Like we have to look at how, but it's people do crazy and stupid and silly things because they want to be liked by others. Yeah. And if we could, break that down i think we can all find a little bit of ourselves in that sure. you know and being like 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 me i spent so much so much of my life you know uh, i can understand i mean d- in a different way but like i i didn't want people to not like me yeah. to just like okay like i want to keep my career safe or whatever um and it made me act in a weird way In a weird way where I felt like, you know, I'd ruminate on every conversation and be like, did I make a mistake? Was I mean? Was I cold? Was I, you know, and it's still something I battle to this day. I think that we need to be kinder to each other because there are really bad people out there. There are really great people out there. And then there's a bunch of us who are doing okay, and there's everything along the way. But we all make mistakes, and we all could pin down someone else if we knew their 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 history of all their actions and say, "Well, that was a really horrible thing to do." We've all done things that haven't panned out well. That maybe we tried with you know, uh, with integrity, but it didn't pan out well. Like there's so many different scenarios that happen to people over their lives, but to to, to judge them by su- such a small thing is is a disservice to them and a disservice to you yeah
2: yeah this is part of why i love talking about like people's experience with fitness people's experience with diet and and not and i have no interest in going like you didn't do that right because number one i don't think there's anything not right about anything anybody does if it's successful for them then it's right um And number two, like, unlike political topics where there's military backing up one team or something like that and, you know, people – and there's going to be laws and, like, you know, this is safe. Like, there's no military behind any diet, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, we can talk about veganism. We can talk about carnivore diets. Like, those couldn't be more polar opposites. And at the end of the day – nothing happens like it's yeah. whatever you want it to be you know yeah I, I really believe there's no you know one master
3: for anything you know um i think that the one great gift we have in this social media and video age is that we have youtube and we can see a lot of different masters you have that whole program master class you can see a lot of different masters and decide what's best for you yeah. but i'm not going to knock whatever you do right you know you know I, as long as it works for you you yeah. know i've tried different diets i, I think they consider it more the bodybuilder diet when I got really lean Um, and I didn't love it but also I feel like it treated my stomach better than other things I've tried you know or you know and I didn't love walking around because before you could have like what is it like All those apps fit food and all that before you could have the macro apps. I'd carry my scale and my my laptop around. Not (laughs) super fun. Don't love it. Don't recommend it. Glad they have it on the phone now. But it wasn't like, you know, like I'm like, you know, this is cool. I got cut for a roll. We talked about this on my podcast. I got cut for a roll. Cool. Don't want to live with a scale in my car. Right. You know, and uh, constantly wiping, you know, wiping it down, wiping, you know, uh, measuring things, adding it up. I wasn't a person who was meant to add. I'm yeah. terrible at math. Yeah, you know. Um, but it, whatever works for you, I'm cool with it. You right. know, and it's and I think more people need to take that approach, the white belt mentality. If, yeah, if if you may, you know.
2: Yeah, teach me or let me figure out how I can yeah. make this move works. Yeah, same thing. Like, um, you know, I remember uh having trouble with an omoplata, right? Mm-hmm. It's a shoulder lock. Yeah, and. And I was watching dudes do it and seeing my instructor walk us through it. And then I was just like, I I can't do this. And he was like, okay, well, let's figure out how you can. And then we figured it out. And it didn't look exactly like everybody else, but it was something I could do. My hips didn't move quite in the same way that
3: everybody else's hips moved. But you know what? You do something like a north south choke. You're you're a dude with a lot of upper body strength. Something like that is going to be your move. And I'm going to be like cranking on it on all day on someone and not be able to get it. Like that's what I love about something like that too. Whereas, like you find your style for your body type and what works. Yeah. Like I I do like triangles. I shouldn't be able to be. You know, as I feel like, you know, good at triangles because I don't have long legs, but like I found my own little way after, you know, <laughs> <it's a> little, <laughs> you know, scrunch up a little like a worm. But, you know, uh, you know, I found my own way to do things, yeah. you know, and I think that that's the beauty of of really anything is you you can find your way. And, and, and more than ever, that information is out there. But yeah. I've worked with different trainers. I've worked, you know, uh, different diets. I've, I've tried different things. And like some things just aren't good for you. They don't work with your body. You know, I I don't think I could be a person who does keto, you know, um, for instance. But I have a lot of friends who swear by it.
2: Yeah, yeah, I have nothing bad to say about keto. I just find I'm more successful with carbs. Mm-hmm. That's it. I have friends who do keto too, and and I have I have actually a buddy who had um, some persistent uh, skin issue. That was gone, like within weeks of starting keto, and then he was like well it's gone i'm gonna I'm gonna have carbs again, started eating carbs, and it came back, and yeah. he was like well this is this is the trade off for yeah. me, and like I just never had anything like that. I just want to not be fat that's it,, yeah. give me not being fat, and I'll do whatever diet it takes, and I'll try to make it the most uh lifestyle friendly diet i can and i'm I figured it out for me,
3: yeah i mean i I figured out that i can't you know i i I have to do my my early like i do a morning workout and i have to do that morning workout fasted or i just don't feel good right you know i get nauseous and people are like you know for the longest time we're like breakfast is the most important you know and we're learning that maybe maybe not right um when I realized there was a name for not liking breakfast as much as I do, I was like, I'm all into this one. I'll do <laughs> yeah. this. Fasting? Cool. Great name. Right. Like, I'm all in. Yeah. You know, I'm all in because it makes me feel
2: better. Yeah. You know? That's and it, it yeah, yeah, right? And that's that's it. the whole yeah. game. Yeah. That's amazing. Jonathan, thank you so much for coming on and talking to me. I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And now, for the Q&A. Here's a question from David. Hi, David. How do you break mental
0: barriers to stick with fitness and wellness when you already struggle with depression?
2: Okay. Um, I don't know if I clinically struggle with depression, so it might be hard for me to talk about it. I know there have been certainly days where I couldn't get out of bed and that um, it's been a fight sometimes to get out of bed and then there's days where I lose and I stay in bed far it doesn't really happen now so I don't know that that's something I have so please understand that as I talk with this I'm not a psychologist I have no I have no training in anything except life experience dieting that's it that's all I got And life experience as an actor, life experience as a father, life experience as a husband. I have lots of plenty of decent life experience. Um, but like, I don't want to give somebody bad advice about depression and then have some bad outcome because I say to do the thing that you're not supposed to do. So please allow this to be a filter to anything I say. Um, I have found that for myself, if I set a goal that is unrealistic, uh, it can be a disaster. And I can feel worthless and then give up very easily. So the thing that has been successful for me was starting with very, very small goals that I know for sure I can attain. And this literally started with, um, I know I can walk to my car from my house. And we're talking about like, uh, back in the days when I was five fifty, right? But I knew if I wanted something, if I wanted to get drugs, if I wanted to get fast food, I could get to my car. Right. And then that's it. That's all I had to do. So knowing that I could do that, I would have the goal to like walk to the corner, past my car and to the corner because it was only about, you know, two times more the distance from my house to my car to get to the corner. So I knew if I can get to my car, I can get to the corner. So that was it. That was my goal. That was, you know, so by setting some goal that I know I can achieve and then, not allowing the garbage in my mind to get in the way of that goal and achieving it a few times, I was able to go, okay, well, I can, add, I can add to this. I can do more than this. I can add to it. And so it just became about actually developing habits by setting achievable goals and then beating them. And then this broadened and began to be applied to other aspects of my life where I would fail if I would go like you know I need to lose all the weight I can get off drugs and alcohol and start exercising quit smoking quit drinking coffee like I just need this all to happen right now tomorrow and then it doesn't and so then I don't do any of these things so for for me the idea was to pick small battles and then to build on them. And as I did, my confidence in myself came up, my ability to fight through the what what I think of as depression um, became stronger and stronger, and I built a momentum towards achieving these goals that I that I would not have had otherwise. I hope that's a, a decent answer for you. That's the one I can relate to. Um, thank you very much for your question. If you have a question you would like me to answer on this show, please submit it to AmericanGlutton.net. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee, and as always, joined by my chaperone, Paige Dorian. Follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely.